This morning we are jumping into a brand new uh, teaching series um, that we, we're going to spend the next six or seven weeks um, just looking through what it really means to be alive. And uh, this, this series was, was sparked by a quote that I found by, um, by a guy called St. Arrhenius, who was a bishop of the church in AD 202 uh, in Lyon in France. He's also considered a church father. You know, so he's one of the founding leaders of, of the church. And he famously said these words, the glory of God is man fully alive. Uh, and there's something quite simple in that phrase and also something quite profound. It's a, it, this, this statement that said, God's glory and our sense of aliveness is somehow linked together. It's, it's somehow tied together. John, John Eldridge, in his book, Waking the, De- uh, Waking the Dead, he said this in light of that quote. He said, Hope and bidden arose at the thought that God's intentions towards me might be better than I thought. His happiness and my happiness are tied together. My coming fully alive is what he's committed to. That's the offer of Christianity. Wow. I mean, it would make no small difference if we knew that our lives and God's glory were bound together. Things would start to look up. It would feel promising. The offer is life. Make no mistake about it. So then... Where is life, and why is it so rare? I don't know if any of you set yourself uh, some New Year's resolutions. It is the 8th of January today, so you've had plenty of time to fail. Anybody (laughs) failed spectacularly yet? Um, Two of you. Um, But when, when we think about it, we kind of treat a new year, don't we, as like a, a new start, a new opportunity. I mean, there's nothing magical about the clock changing. Um, you know, on the 31st of December, when the clock strikes midnight, there's nothing magical happens that didn't happen uh, when the clock struck midnight at the end of the previous month or the month before that. There's, there's nothing that special about it, but yet we see the end of a year and the start of a new year as a significant opportunity to to start again, to to have another go. When I think back to 2016, it was a pretty strange and intense uh, kind of year. It's a year of blessing, uh, a year of of some amazing moments where things happened that that blew our expectations, exciting things, and yet at the same time, it was a year of battles. A year of battles where things were hard, where things broke down, relationships, uh, there was a sense of loss and pain, confusion, adversity. I was, I was reminded again this week as I um, was in my devotional time, and um, I realized that, you know, that, that this idea of battles and blessings and blessings and battles, uh, I used to think that we, we kind of lived... We lived in the battle, and then we went to the blessing, and then we, we had the battle again, and then we went to, went to the blessing. But actually, life isn't always lived like that, is it? Life is more like on two tracks. 
Um, it's, on, it's on two tracks. So we, we have moments of blessing, but we also have battles to face. And those things seem to go side by side. Rick Warren, who's a pastor of a church in California, he gives an example of this. When he wrote this book, which is hugely successful, it's the, the, most, um, the, the fastest selling Christian book in history called The Purpose Driven Life. And um, he got a lot of notoriety and blessing from that book. Yet at the same time, he found his wife was diagnosed with cancer. And so one track of his life, there was this amazing blessing. Yet on the other track, there was this massive battle to be had. And so we live in that reality, that, that, that life is lived on those two tracks of blessing and battle. And it's in the midst of that that you and I are called to experience life, to be fully alive. Jesus, in John 10.10, he says, he says this. He says, the thief, meaning the devil or Satan, says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. For I've come that they may have life and life to the full. So the people of God, those of us who follow Jesus, are meant to experience life in its fullest sense. That's meant to be our trajectory. Now, the, the tendency is we think in order to, to live life to its fullest, we think that means we need to have a problem-free life, that, that challenge needs to be absent, that, that we shouldn't experience pain. That's how we equate living life to the full. And somehow we've reduced following Jesus to this kind of get-out-of-jail-for-free you know, it's all going to be plain sailing from here. But it doesn't take long, does it, to realize that that isn't the deal. That isn't what happens when we begin to follow him. And, that, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Living life on these two tracks of battle and blessing and blessing and battle is kind of a little schizophrenic, isn't it? It's, it's kind of, you know, just personally, I just think, I look back over the last year, and I don't know about you, but I just use this time of year to reflect a little bit, but I look back over the last year, and just a crazy season of battles and blessing. Last year, we continued uh, the blessing of seeing our kids, like, achieve so much, and God bless us as a family, yet at the same time, we had to fight through the battle of Tammy's dad being diagnosed with cancer. Uh, last year, we lived through the blessing of God providing the finances to buy this building. And yet, we had a six-month battle trying to sort out all the legalities and, and actually take possession. Last year, we continued to see and welcome people, new people into the life of our church community, see people come to faith, see people's faith come alive. Yet at the same time, we had the battle of saying goodbye to people we love dearly who have decided to move on and do new things. It's blessings and battles. Blessings and battles. So the life that Jesus offers us isn't just found 
in the blessings, in the mountaintop experiences. It's also found in the battles, in the moments of pain, adversity. It's found in the moments of disappointment, those moments when everything seems to be falling down around us. It's just hard to see it like that sometimes, isn't it? It's hard to see it sometimes like that, particularly when we're, we're in the thick of it. It's hard to see that God can shape us, not just in the times of blessing, but in the midst of battles too. And so maybe this morning, some of us, although it's the start of a new year, although it's that, that sense of a, a new beginning, some of us enter 2017 still struggling. Perhaps feeling like the battle is a little bit too much. It's just holding us back. Perhaps we feel there's too much of one track and not enough of the other. It feels like more battle than blessing right now. Maybe you've prayed, God, will you just come and take this away from me, this pain, this adversity, this fear, this, this pain that I'm feeling, will you, will you take it from me? Yet nothing has changed. We can take comfort in some, some of the words by the Apostle Paul. Paul was this, this uh, prolific church planter in the New Testament who, who wrote most of the, the New Testament, uh, the letters in the New Testament. And he reminds us of the reality of this in, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. And he says this, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, the reality is, is that resistance and battle, although it doesn't feel like it, are a sign of abundance. And although God doesn't send the resistance, he doesn't always take it away. He doesn't always remove it. See, God uses resistance and pain and adversity in our life to release abundance in our life. He uses it to release something more, something greater, something more glorious uh, than any of us could obtain or take hold of ourselves in our own strength or ability. Charles Stanley, he puts it like this. He says, adversity is not simply a tool. It's God's most effective tool for the advancement of our spiritual lives. The circumstances and events that we see as setbacks are oftentimes the very thing that launch us into a period of intense spiritual growth. Once we begin to understand this and accept it as a spiritual fact of life, Adversity and pain and discomfort become easier to bear. You see, when we begin to understand that, we begin to learn to lean into the battles. We begin to learn to lean into adversity. You know, God says to Paul, I'm not going to remove your problem. 
I'm not going to remove the thorn in your side. I'm not going to comfort you. Instead, I'm going to use the battle. I'm going to use the pain, and I'm going to propel you into an even greater future. I'm not going to change your circumstances. I'm going to bring my abundance in your circumstances. I'm not going to change your enemies, but I'm going to use your weakness and multiply it in effectiveness. And Paul says his power is made perfect in my weakness. His power is made perfect in my pain. His power is made perfect in my battle. And so to live a life that's fully alive, to become fully alive, that's what this this whole teaching series is going to be about. Just trying to figure out what are the things that we invest in to really experience life. And, And really the foundation of that is this reality that life is a combination of blessings and battles. Blessings and battles. We often talk about the, the life of a disciple uh, is lived out in, in three dimensions. And we talk about this a lot. We talk about living in an upward dimension, that, that we're called to live in a way that connects us to God, that first and foremost, we're to know him. Uh, we're to be connected to him. We're also called uh, to live in an inward dimension, uh, and that's about our calling and about, about what, uh, sorry, that's about our character, not our calling. Uh, it's about the kind of people we're becoming in the context of a community, in the context of a group of people like this. And then we also talk about our outward dimension. Uh, we, we talk about uh, what God has called us to, that God has called us to do his ministry and his mission in the world, that we're to be people who see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. And so through this series, we're going to unpack that a little bit more. We're going to ex- explore that a little bit more fully, and perhaps in ways that we've never considered before, but thinking about some new ways of doing life well, and that... that in order to become fully alive, we need to take some simple steps. We take some simple steps towards God. Uh, we, we take some simple steps towards one another. And we need to learn to take some simple steps towards the world around us. And so as a result, we want 2017 to be a year when, as a church family and as a people, we figure out what it means to become fully Alive, that, it, that we wouldn't just get by. How many of us want a year where it's more than just getting by? You know, it's more than just, I survived. Phew. But we want our lives to thrive in the midst of the blessings and the battles. Uh, to help us do this, um, we're going to start posting some different resources. So each week... Uh, we're going to have some different resources up online uh, on the website. So um, you, we will make sure you get that information. And just really an opportunity to you, for you during the week to think and respond to some of the things that we're talking about. So where might we begin? 
this is really just a, a little bit of an introduction or a little bit of a foundation of where we might begin. But if we're going to if we're going to live lives that thrive and not just, um, you know, not just in the blessings, but also in the battles, I, I, I think we have to figure out what the correct resources are. Uh, the things that we need to turn to in those moments of crisis, those moments of pain, those moments of adversity, what, what resources are available to us. And I think sometimes there's a danger that we can narrow our resources. We can, we can narrow the things that we turn to. Uh, but one of our big failures is that in the moment of pain and suffering, uh, we can find ourselves drawing from um, our own resources um, or the wrong ones, expecting to find the life that actually only Jesus said he can give us. You know, remember that verse we looked at in John 10.10? He come to give us life and, and life to its fullest. But sometimes we have a tendency to, to look to other resources. Maybe we turn to things that are shallow and meaningless, like, like toys and gadgets. Um, I got an iPhone 7 just before the end of the year, and I'm really bored of it now. Um, but uh, um, we can... We can put our hope in people and, and relationships, only to find they eventually will let us down. We can uh, turn to things that medicate us, like drugs or alcohol or food, something that numbs the pain for a few moments, only for it all to uh, go away again. In the book of Jeremiah, the... Uh, Jeremiah declares this. This is the Lord speaking. He says in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, he says, My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. You see, one of the ways that we thrive in the midst of pain, in moments of trouble and adversity is learning not to rely on our own resources. Because <laughs> often our resources are broken and empty, and actually, we, instead, we need to turn to God's resources. Resources that bring life and fullness, that make us alive again. Bill Hybels, who leads the Willow Creek Church in in Chicago, he, he has this really helpful illustration of a, a car dashboard with gauges and, you know, a car dashboard, it has gauges and warning lights. Um, my car is due for an MOT this week and I've had a light come on my dashboard for months and I've done nothing about it and now I'm in crisis. But uh, <laughs> I serve that as an example for this analogy. Um, and, and basically what he says was we can, we can figuratively sort of look at that dashboard and apply that to our own lives and, and actually learn to read the gauges on our own dashboards, okay? So imagine your life is like laid out on a dashboard of a car. And so learning to read the gauges and, and see where the problems are. But one of the things that he highlights is that is that as Christians, we often only pay attention 
to one of the warning lights or gauges on our dashboard. And that is we, we often only really look to the spiritual warning light because often we see that as the, the righteous and the, the holy thing to focus on. And so often we're guilty of separating or compartmentalizing our lives. So, so, and so we separate the spiritual from, from the material. And so, um, so we think about living life to its fullest. We automatically think about our spiritual life. That becomes our focus. And so we think, oh, we've got to focus more on our devotion to God. We've got to read our Bible. We've got to pray. We, you know, have, I, have I sinned this week? Have, have, I, you know, have I heard God's voice? Have, have, I, have I felt his presence? And, and we kind of measure the health of our life in that way. Now, that kind of thinking comes from our Greek ancestors um, because the Greeks were really good at separating the spiritual from the material. Um, they were really good at seeing some things as spiritual and some things as, as secular and, 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 dividing, and dividing the two. But the problem is, if we only ever address the spiritual gauge, we'll never experience the fullness of life that we desire. We'll never tap into all the resources that are needed. See, there are other lights and gauges on our dashboard that we need to pay attention to. There's the warning lights of our bodies that we might call our physical gauge, or the, there's the warning lights of our well-being and relationships that we might call our emotional gauge. And just because you're having a great devotional life, just because you did your Bible in a year, which I'm hoping you are, um, that doesn't mean uh, your emotions or your body isn't saying danger, maintenance, fill me up. See, eventually, if we neglect the other gauges, if we neglect the other warning signs, it will lead to disaster in every area of our lives, including the spiritual one. I guess to put it plainly is that everything is spiritual. The whole of life is, is, is spiritual. Our emotions, our anger, our fears, our joy, our anxiety, our disgust, our grief, our sadness, it's all of interest to God. Likewise, so too is our blood pressure and our heart rate and our body fat and our tension headaches and our sleeping habits and our fitness levels. God's interested in all of that stuff. He's interested in our credit card debt. He's interested in the books we read and the TV that we watch. And so maybe you're a person who gets to this time of year and you do set yourself some goals uh, and you do try and um, think about what you want to become. What would it look like for you to become fully alive in 2017? How can you, with God's help, draw from the resources and begin to pay attention to the warning lights on your dashboard? You see, for me, I think I look back to 2016, and uh, it was a year of lots of challenges. Um, and most of those challenges, I realize, took its toll on me emotionally, uh, which in turn, 
hits you physically. And so over 2017, I know what I need to focus on. I need to focus on getting fit. I need to fix the puncture on my bike. <laughs> and uh, I need to get fit. I need to improve my sleeping habits. I need to stop burning the candle at both ends. Now, some of that is going to be achieved through hard work and determination and fixing a puncture. Uh, but some of it will come from recognizing I need to make some investments emotionally because that was the source of my problem. That's the gauge that was empty. And you see, I tell you those things, not so you'll feel sorry for me or pat me on the back, although you can do if you want. <laughs> um, but I tell you those things because I want to become the best person I can be this year. I want to be the best dad. I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to be the best pastor I can be. Because I want to bring glory to God in 2017 by being fully alive. And see, I can only do that if I pay attention to the right things and make the necessary changes. So here's me making myself very publicly accountable to you. You have my permission to tease me and tell me off. Or, yeah, speak to my wife. Um, my biggest fan. Uh, but I don't know about you, I want this to be a year where we become fully alive. Because, you know, we, we talk a lot, don't we, about bringing communities to life, taking life to our city. How can we bring life to anyone if we're not alive ourselves? How can we change this, this city and bring life to this city if we don't experience life ourselves? And so how is your dashboard looking? What are the gauges saying on your dashboard right now? How's the spiritual gauge on your dashboard? Is it full? Is it half full? Or is it empty? See, the spiritual life must be replenished. We need to have times to pray, to study the scriptures, to meditate. We need times in solitude. We need times in silence. We need those moments to refuel ourselves spiritually. We need to pay attention to the condition of our souls, don't we? We need to recognize what's going on there because that's where life flows from. And so maybe you need to consider some things this year. Maybe you need to consider some new tools um, that assist you in doing those things. You know, we, we kind of, I've joked about it already, but we, we, we said encourage you to just sign up for the, um, the Bible in one year. It comes to your phone every day. You just press play. I just listen to it on the way to work. And um, you could call it Every Day with Nicky Gumbel. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's the Bible in one year. And if you do that, you will read the Bible in one year or listen to the Bible in one year. Um, and maybe that's a tool that you can use to aid your connection to God. Um, maybe you need to be intentional about resting. Uh, and particularly resting from distractions. Maybe you need to take a Sabbath and unplug yourself from technology for a while and connect with God and others. How's the physical gauge on your dashboard? 
Do you know that lack of sleep, poor diet, too much caffeine and sugar, illness and too little exercise and lack of fresh air will drain you physically? So what could you consider? Maybe you need to partner with a few friends. Maybe with your connect group when it restarts. And say, hey guys, I need your help. I need you to help me. Maybe it's giving up smoking or curbing your alcohol intake. Maybe it's joining the gym or doing some sort of sporting activity uh, with friends so they hold you accountable. And how about your emotional gauge? Are you, are you experiencing unresolved conflict? Maybe with a co-worker, with a friend, with a member of your family? Are you continually sad, depressed, filled with fear, easily aggravated, overly defensive? If so, your emotional gauge is probably low. The warning light is on. So what do you need to consider? Maybe you need to process some of those emotions, some of that pain. Get around some people that you trust and just share your heart. Maybe you need to get relationships back on track. Maybe you need to uh, address conflict or forgive those who have offended you. Maybe you need to visit your doctor. Maybe you need to figure out what fuels you emotionally. Make a list. You know, whether it's going for a walk with your spouse or the dog or, you know, whether it's reading for pleasure, or whatever it might be. What would be on your list of things that replenish you emotionally? See, to become fully alive in 2017, we need to be people who take an holistic approach and learn to read all the gauges. And so how are you gauged spiritually? Is it full? Are you doing well? Is it half full? Is it empty? How are you doing physically, emotionally? What are you going to do this week to fill up those tanks? What are you going to do this week so that warning light stops flashing? I'm going to get my car MOT. That's what I'm going to do. Um, And maybe some of you have never realised that your emotional and physical part of who you are is important. Maybe you've always thought, I've just got to get the spiritual thing right and everything else will be okay. You see, this isn't a read your Bible more kind of message, okay? Although I don't want to belittle that. I want you to do that too. But it's more than that. It's, it's seeing the whole of life, that we're, we're complex creatures, aren't we? We're more than just spirit. We're, we're physical. We're emotional. And so this is about learning to address every area of our being, every area of our life, and taking some new steps to reinvest. So when you go home today, um, I think it it should already be on Facebook, but um, when you go home today, you'll have a link um, to a web page that we've set up. Um, And each week, we're just going to post some different things. Today... We've posted some information about what it means to read your gauges, (laughs) what it means for you to figure out where you are spiritually, where you are physically, and where you are emotionally, and learning to figure out 
what you need to do in response to that. And so we would love all of us to take that challenge, that, that, you know, that this would be a year where as a church community, we're people who become fully alive, become all that God wants us to be. And I think it's not this trite kind of super spiritual thing. It's not this kind of like, I'm really happy, but dying inside or anything like that. It's about honesty. It's about reality. It's about recognizing that there's blessings and battles to be had. But also recognizing that in the midst of the blessings and the battles, there's life to be found. And so we're just going to take a moment uh, to respond to the Lord. Um, We are going to share in communion in a moment together. Um, But before we do that, I just thought we'd take a few moments just to um, hear from the Holy Spirit and to see what he wants to say to us right now.